Welcome to this week's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. This week, we're going to be talking about why it's important to talk about money with your kids. And I think this is a very exciting topic and one that can leave an impact on families for a very long time. But the money talking points from today's episode are, how can I talk to my kids about money? How was I talked to about money as a kid? What's my current relationship with money? How do I leave my kids in a better financial situation? And why would I want to leave my kids in a better financial situation? Be sure to check us out on social media or on my website, moneytalk.skylarfleming on all social medias or on my website at moneytalk.skylarfleming.com. I would love to connect with any of my listeners. And today's episode topic is a great one. So let's get right into today's episode. You know, we don't talk about money enough. It is a topic that gets ignored for some reason, even though it plays a role in everyone's day-to-day life. Well, this issue is what brought Money Talk to reality. I know you're probably busy and don't have much time to research and learn about all things when it comes to personal finances, but that's where this podcast, Money Talk, comes into play. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. I'm here to do the research and learn all the extra stuff about personal finance for you. The goal is to simply get us talking about money. So let's get talking. Did you know that about 83% of U.S. adults believe that parents are most responsible for educating their kids on financial literacy? And that's according to a survey by CNBC and Momentum. And that's why talking about money with your kids is important. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because most people believe that it's on the parents to educate their children about financial literacy. And I'm sure there is an aspect that schools need to play in this and making sure the basic components of the math and the simple things behind personal finance are there, but adults need to be teaching their kids the behavioral aspects of it. And money is something that impacts all of us from the beginning of our lives. Think about your earliest money memory. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in this episode, but we need to make sure we all have a good knowledge and a good grasp of money and personal finance, and especially our kids. And you will often, if not almost always, hear people say they wish they would have started sooner with learning about personal finance, with investing, with not getting into credit card debt, with all sorts of things, pretty much anything when it comes to personal finance, people say, oh, I wish I would have done this sooner. It'd be way better if I could have done this sooner. And we can all help out our kids and young adults in our life that we know start sooner if we start talking about money now. But let's get into the impact that talking to kids and younger generations about money will have. So the impact of this, it's, it's generational. And if you start talking with money to people earlier, then it can leave a long lasting legacy. Think about it. If you were taught how to invest earlier or how to spend wiser earlier, think about all the money you could have saved in the long run. And this is the sort of thing that if you talk about the younger people in your life too, and talk about this with them, they can have an earlier and longer lasting legacy because they'll be able to start sooner. Like I was saying before. And generational wealth can grow and be carried on when we all have a serious outlook on money. When we're sharing our favorite things to do when it comes to investing, our favorite things to do when it comes to spending wisely with credit cards with people younger than us, it allows them to get a head start on building that generational wealth that's going to change their family or potentially change your family's long-term legacy. But your family, honestly, it doesn't have, you don't have to strike it rich to have long-lasting wealth. 
the way you build long-lasting wealth is over a long period of time. Because if you strike it rich, it's probably not going to last long. And if you manage to make the money last, it's not going to last past you because those habits aren't really there. It's just, you just kind of run into the wealth. But if you build it over time, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to develop strategies and tactics and ways to deal with all the different speed bumps you go over as you're building long-lasting wealth. But the impact if we don't talk about money early, is also huge. can lead to generational poverty, honestly. If we don't know how to handle money, it's very easy to pass on the bad and nasty relationship that we have with money. If you think money is the root of all evil, it's very easy to pass that on. And kids will pick that up very quickly and want to just stay away from money, which tends to lead to them having a bad taste about it. And then when you don't have any money and you're potentially completely broke, you think money is the problem, but realistically... It's your mindset that's keeping you away from the money. And this can lead to your children or the next generation being buried in even more debt and financial burden because of the bad relationship that gets easily passed on. And it's very hard to come out from that. You can go listen to really any sort of like listener call-in radio shows that talk about money. And the ability that people have to get out of these financial burdens is great, but the burden that it can carry on people when bad habits are carried on or not people were never talked to about money. So they don't know about it. The burden that that can carry on people is really great. And if you've ever found yourself wishing that you could get out of the rat race, become more financially independent, then you should also start talking to your kids about that same thing. Think about it. If you're 45 or 50 years old and you're like, wow, I wish I didn't have to go to work today. I just want to relax. I wish I had enough money so that my job wasn't required because I like my work, but it really brings me down that I'm required to go to work. Then you need to start talking to your kids about that because they might be young and in a situation where when they're your age, they can easily get out of that situation you find yourself in. So it's almost like a pay it forward kind of thing or get the future generation started earlier. So how do you actually do this? How do you actually implement talking about money to younger generations? Let's talk about that next. So how do you actually do what I'm talking about? Well, a CNBC article states, by the age of three, children understand value. By the age of seven, children have developed a relationship with money, yet half of their parents don't talk to kids about money. So there's the problem there. And that was from the co-founder of Benjamin Talks, Carissa Jordan. She's developed an online financial literacy resource for parents and kids. It's called Benjamin Talks. But I don't necessarily agree with allowances all the time. And I don't have any kids, but I think it's important to teach kids to work for their money. But an allowance is a good example of showing kids the current and potential value of their money. So that previous quote that I just read said, children at the age of three are beginning to understand value and have a relationship with money by the time they're seven. That's really, really young. And maybe it's giving them some sort of an allowance. But as the quote state, kids start to understand that value and have a relationship really quickly. I know my relationship with money started out very, very early when I noticed my parents would only put a specific amount of money into the gas tank. That situation has always stuck with me. Now, I don't know why they only put a specific amount in the gas tank, but it's made it so that I want to make sure that I always have enough money to fill my car no matter what. And that's when I'm, I developed that relationship with money very early that I wanted to make sure I always had enough to be able to get around to where I needed to go. And I was understanding the value of money meant transportation. 
So very, very young, children can start to understand that. And one of the things that the article suggested was allowances, giving your kids an allowance at a very early age. And that's what I said earlier about, I think it's important to teach kids to work for their money, to begin to understand the value of it even more. Because if an allowance is just simply giving them money and there's nothing involved in working for the money, then it may not stick to them the actual value of the money. But let's talk about financial literacy classes in high school. In my financial literacy class, we did an exercise where we chose 10 stocks and we tracked their value every other day when we had class. I remember developing a relationship for investing with me there. And it taught me that investing was really confusing and complicated, honestly. We just chose 10 random stocks. We weren't taught anything about what the stocks were. We weren't taught about index funds or ETFs, unfortunately. We were taught really to buy the companies you know about because that's all we were just told to choose 10 stocks. And all I remember is having no idea what to invest in with my fake money. And I would like to think if I was taught about index funds or ETFs, maybe I wouldn't have invested in, invested in them in this play scenario, but I would have known about them a lot sooner. And it wouldn't have been so confusing and complicated to me because index funds are really simple. It's like, hey, you're going to buy this thing that tracks this group of companies. It's like, well, that's really cool. But then when you start to teach the decreased, the severely decreased risk of them, it makes it seem a lot more, a lot less, sorry, a lot less daunting in a young person's mind. And I think I would have started investing sooner if to me, it wasn't just buying Apple, buying Amazon, buying Ford, buying those big companies at the time while I was in high school. And the impact that this topic can have is great. And if we start teaching our kids the simple steps to becoming financially independent sooner, we can help them learn about money and help them be confident with money. So I think it's something we all need to start sooner and really think about how your view on money was impacted from an early age just by how you were taught or talked to about money. But next, let's talk about the article that I've referenced a little bit through this episode. So the article that inspired this conversation and that I've pulled some information from for this topic, it's called Talking to Your Kids About Money Can Pay Off in the Future. It worked for me. And it'll be linked in the show notes, of course. But the three main points from the article are how financial exposure impacts kids, how you can help your kids, and how my dad impacted me. And the article paints a really good picture about how talking about money more can have an impact on your kids and can help them grow to have a better behavior and a better relationship with money. And financial exposure impacts everyone too, not just kids. If you're, if you as an adult are more exposed to financial knowledge, then you'll start to become better with your money, especially with kids. Consider how rich kids are when it comes to time. They're extremely rich when it comes to time. And if kids can start being exposed to good financial literacy, then they're poised for a great financially independent life. And I think that's where the exposure can really impact kids. If they're just exposed to understanding how to pay their credit card off every single month or how to pay their bills or how to read a bill and how to just understand what happens with money every single month. Because as a kid, at least I remember it being, there was no financial burden on me, I guess. And not that there needs to be a financial burden on children, but I never like felt the impact of what money and what financial situations can have on people. Whether good or bad, I th I'm not sure, but I think it would be better if kids are taught saying, hey, 
we're in kind of a financial pickle right now and this is what we're doing about it because I think it keeps it realistic with kids and younger like teenagers and things like that. If they're saying, hey, can you possibly help us think of a way to cut back our expenses? Because then the kids aren't just feeling the pinch of, no, you can't have that at the store today. They're saying, oh, we need to do this so as a family we can be better with our money. And I think it's a way to involve and expose kids to financial knowledge. And like I said, if kids can start being exposed to good financial literacy, the, the earlier the better because then they're poised for a great financially independent life. So next, let's go over some questions around this idea that you might have. So what are some questions that could come up around this idea? Let me read through them and then we'll go over each one. So how can I talk to my kids about money is the first one. The second one is how was I talked to about money as a kid? Third is what is my current relationship with money? Fourth, how do I leave my kids in a better financial situation? Fifth, why would I want to leave my kids in a better financial situation? So let's come back to the first question. How can I talk to my kids about money? Well, in a recent episode, one of my guests suggested the idea of giving your kids part of your monthly budget, essentially allowing them to be in control of a category of spending. One of the areas that was brought up in that discussion was like Saturday snacks or gas station snacks. Give the kids $50 a month or give one kid $50 a month or whatever that number is for you for snacks. That way, if they spend it all the right away, if they spend it all right away, hold firm on that amount. And this will open up a discussion about delayed gratification and the value of it, as well as give them a chance to mess up with a smaller amount of money instead of $500 or $5,000 or $50,000 when they go and get a crazy brand new car loan when they're 20. Give them the chance to say, hey, I don't, I don't need all of our snacks. We don't need $50 worth of snacks on June 1st. We need to wait and spread it out over the month, guys. Give them a chance to learn because you if you hold firm, they're going to learn to say, hey, we were given enough money. Look how much snacks we did get with that $50. We just need to spread them out because let's be honest, we felt we all felt terrible after eating so many snacks on one day. So it gives them a chance to really like process what can happen with money and the ability and the value of delayed gratification. That's one way to talk to kids about money is give them a small but realistic opportunity and something relevant to them to play with the money and learn how to budget a little bit. Allow them to be in control of a category of spending. The second question is, how was I talked to about money as a kid? This is more of a reflective question, like the story I shared about my parents and getting gas in the car. Let's add on to it a little bit. How do you view money right now? And how is your upbringing impactful on your relationship with money? Like I said, if your parents were constantly saying, money's the root of all evil, then you think money's evil and you want to stay away from it. If your parents were always saying, money doesn't grow on trees, then you don't think there's enough money in the world. If, I don't know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's many other sayings out there that you can think of that your parents were always saying about money. But think about that. Think about how that was impactful on your current relationship with money. So the next question is, what is my current relationship with money? And how has your relationship with money changed over time? This question is meant to get you thinking. For me, my current relationship with money is one where there's more than enough money for me and my wife to be able to do whatever we want, which is really fortunate for us. But also, I more so mean that in the sense that we can go out and make whatever money we need. And that there's so many different opportunities for us to invest our money, earn more money, spend our money, that really we have the freedom to do what we want to do and 
we know the opportunities and what we have to do to get there. For both of us, this came from a more frugal upbringing. We were taught to save our money and live below our means. This has allowed our mindsets to shift to one where we know we can save enough money. And now we just go out, make more, invest it well, and then later we can have all the fun we want. And we can make sure we're doing the right things to save up the money that we need to be able to do the things that we want. So the next question is, how do I leave my kids in a better financial situation? So right now, me and my wife don't have any kids. But if I were answering this question as if I did, I would want to leave my kids in a better financial situation by teaching them what I know. But earlier, like I've said multiple times in this podcast, the earlier the better. The value of time is huge when you're young. And I'm really lucky that I found financial independence at the age that I did. So I want to make sure to take the steps necessary to teach my kids at an earlier age so that when they get to my age, they're more knowledgeable than I am, naturally allowing them to make the decisions that leave them in a better financial situation. So the next question is, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to leave my kids in a better financial situation? I think this one's kind of a given. But I had thought through this question, and it's meant to be more of a why question, to really get you thinking. I want to leave my kids in a better financial situation so that they can get started running and that they can really enjoy the life that they want to live. And if you don't have kids or don't want to, think about how you can leave a legacy. Would That would be my other question is what do you want to do? Because you're not really going to be able to spend all of your money before dying. So what do you want to do with all that money that's left over? Why do you want to do that? And that is what I want anyone without kids or without plans for kids to think about is your legacy. Think about your long-term planning and what kind of impact you want to leave with all the money that's going to be left over when you reach financial independence. But let's wrap up today's episode next and give some final thoughts and conclusions about this topic. So while I was writing this episode, I was thinking, what if we all started talking to our kids about money earlier and they were all talking to their friends about money earlier? What if we ended up in a society where people were financially independent in their 30s and 40s? What if that was the standard? That would really honestly be world shifting. It would cause a lot of financial products to have to change to meet the de demand of a financially literate world. No more high interest credit cards to take advantage of those who learned how to manage their money, but it would certainly cause a much different world. But think about that for your family or for your legacy. What if you want to be able to leave behind generations of financially independent children and grandchildren? Well, if we start to talk to our kids about money earlier, then they can really take it and run with it. And it's because of their greatest asset, which is time. But thank you for everyone who listens to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. Please be sure to check us out on social media. You can find all the links in the show notes for anything you heard about in today's episode. Search us on social media at moneytalk.skylarfleming. You can also find us online at moneytalk.skylarfleming.com. You can email me at moneytalk at skylarfleming.com. But I would love to hear any feedback, comments, or suggestions you have for the show. If you have a topic you want me to do more research on or have a podcast episode on, let me know. I would love to cover topics that are most interesting and relevant to my listeners. Please consider subscribing if this podcast brings you any value. And please share with a friend who you would like to have a money talk with. But thank you for listening to Money Talk. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk. The Money Talk Show is provided for informational and entertainment purposes and should not be used for personal or specific financial advice. Every situation is unique and different. Please make sure to do your own research for your personal financial situation.